It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the state's largest farm organization has a new president at its helm. The board of directors reorganized on Monday, and Kevin Krentz, who is a dairy farmer in Washera County, has been named the new president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. That's just one of the stories that we've got for you on a Tuesday. How are you doing, everybody? Fabulous farm babe, Pam Youngke. Glad to be along with you. Don't forget, John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, also joining us on a Tuesday to get you up to speed on all the news influencing the markets. Well, what's influencing us today will be the weather. I'm afraid it's going to be another cloudy day. 39 are expected high. Should stay relatively dry tonight down to 30 degrees, but look out for Wednesday. Sunshine back in the forecast tomorrow. 48 are expected high. Thursday, we keep that temperature up with mostly sunny skies. 48. Friday, um, chance of precipitation. We're not, not sure yet if it's rain or if it's going to be snow. Friday's highs around 39 and Saturday up around 34 degrees. So definitely a cooling pattern on the way. I'm sure Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, will give us all the details. He's coming up in about 15 minutes time. Compere Financial is grateful to the hardworking farmers and their families as you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world all year long. Thank you for all you do, and we wish you a safe and happy holiday season. Give your local Compeer team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compeer.com for lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender. When I was growing up in Michigan, I will just be honest with you. One of my least favorite things to do, I hope my dad is not listening, was delivering hay. But one of my favorite places to deliver hay to was a therapeutic riding center because it was always so fun to see the smile on the kids' faces. And Caitlin, from what I understand, that's not exclusive to my home state. That is also happening here in our own backyard. But they have fallen on some tough times and they need some help delivering those smiles. That's right, Josh. This is Caitlin over at the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. And when I first started this position in La Crosse, I had the chance to talk with Samantha Hall. She's the executive director of Horse Sense. And I didn't realize we had this therapeutic riding option, like you said, right in our backyard. And you may remember we caught up with Samantha in July to check in on this nonprofit. You know, it connects youth, adults, military veterans, people living with all abilities with horses. And when COVID hit in March, they had to cancel riding lessons and fundraisers. And at that time, COVID cost Horse Sense about $20,000. Now that number is up to $50,000 and could reach $80,000 if this continues. And as we know, as you know from delivering that hay, feed costs only go up in these colder weather months. And fortunately, some local donors are stepping up to help with a holiday campaign. And I reconnected again with Samantha to see what's happening right now at Horse Sense. Well, we actually just wrapped up our 2020 season of therapeutic riding, um, and that's pretty normal for year over year. We aren't able to ride in the winter months when it starts to get really chilly. The weather just gets to be too unpredictable and our indoor riding arena is not heated. So we always wrap up the week before Thanksgiving. But I got to say, we're really grateful that we were able to do some lessons this year um, in light of the pandemic. So we were able to resume lessons in June and helped all of our able-bodied riders, so individuals who could ride pretty independently in the saddle with uh, little assistance so that we could enforce those CDC-recommended social distancing and sanitation practices. Um, It was really tough for us to not welcome everybody back up at the farm, but of course, we want to make sure everyone is safe. 
as we, you know, ride this thing out. So we just wrapped up our season and now we're approaching the holiday. We're doing a lot of fundraising as we have been all year to kind of make up that extra money that we have lost because of COVID. Just trying to remind the community that, you know, we still need their support and hopefully come spring, We'll be able to open our doors again at full capacity, but of course, it all depends on what happens with this pandemic. I know when we talked over the summer, you had mentioned that between losing fundraisers and the ability to have all of your riders, Horse Sense had lost about $20,000, and I was shocked when I saw that now that number is up to 50000 and it could get even worse, and we're coming at a costly time because winter means more feed for the horses. Yep. Uh, just about a month or so ago, we, we did our Abilidate campaign uh, and we're raising funds to make sure that our herd of eight therapy horses were well fed and nourished for the winter. As I'm sure all of your listeners know that that's always, the fall time's always a crazy time of year, making sure our animals are well prepared for the winter. And that, of course, is an expense. And although we were able to offer lessons for some of our riders, the able-bodied like percentage, those folks that we were able to help, is really only 10% of our regular ridership. So we're so thankful we were able to provide some relief for those folks that really need it right now. But 90% of the people that we normally help, we just couldn't do safely because we would need to physically be touching them for the duration of the lesson, like a quadriplegic, for example. Um, we would need at least three people or more to get them safely on a horse and do a lesson with them. So that really did impact our financials quite a bit. We did lose more than $50,000 in just programmatic income from, you know, the lessons that we do for throughout the year. So that's been really tough for us, but our community has been very generous and we're thankful that, again, we've been able to do lessons this year and keep our small team on payroll, keep our animals well-fed too. One of the options that you guys are offering, if anyone wants to help or if there's anyone who knows people who utilize your therapy horses, wants to contribute, there's a holiday donation match campaign that's happening right now. Do you want to tell me what that is? Because it sounds like there are some community groups that are really stepping up. Yeah, so we are excited to offer this donation match opportunity that we've called our holiday match. We had two very generous supporters come forward through their generous donations. We have a $10,000 match opportunity for the community to take part in. So that means double the impact um, for your normal gift if you donate $25. It'll be matched, so we'll get 50, which is a huge deal for our small organization. We operate on a very conservative budget. And this time of year, because we're in our off-season and we're not able to offer lessons because of the weather, it makes a huge difference, and it'll help sustain our program so that we can continue to work hard to help those folks um, when spring rolls around. So that's a fantastic way that you can support our program and really invest in our mission and ensure that our program survives this pandemic. And I think this year, a lot of us are realizing that we don't need those things in our lives and we're not buying travel tickets. We're not buying concert or event tickets. So if anyone's looking for a unique gift idea, this could be an opportunity to make a donation to help someone you know get back on the horse or maybe just a random act of kindness, someone that you don't know get out there. Because Samantha, you had mentioned that you notice how this helps people physically and mentally when they can connect with your therapeutic courses. 
Oh, gosh, yeah. And really, the mental health issues have just skyrocketed this year because of the pandemic and the isolation and the anxiety that has come from the uncertainty of this situation. We have actually received tons of inquiries of people wanting to come ride. So we're trying to help as many people as we can, um, of course, safely. But that is a huge reason why people do come out and just want to find that comfort and that present, that practicing mindfulness, right, when you're up at the farm working with the horses. And, and it really truly does have a lasting impact on the lives of riders. Um, we help riders as young as four years old to as old as, you know, they're able to ride with medical consent. So, I mean, we've got some 60-year-old military vets, you know, struggling with depression and PTSD who come out and, like, they work out their mental health issues, too, just by working with the horse and building that relationship. So that is a huge component to highlight. From what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have to ride a horse either. Sometimes it can just be going out there and bonding, connecting with a horse in that way as well. Absolutely. So we really try to tailor lessons to meet the needs of that individual person. So we offer individual private lessons or group lessons. Just kind of depends what the person is looking for and what would be more beneficial for them. People come to us in all different places and experiences when it comes to riding. So there are many of our riders who are quite uncomfortable and a little timid around a horse because it's a big, strong animal that they have never really worked with. So for much of their lessons, you know, they're going to be doing groundwork. They'll be grooming and they'll just be bonding with the animal and getting comfortable before we even get them in the saddle. Every person comes to us um, with different situations and we try to just accommodate them um, the best we can. But the magic is really found in that relationship that's established with the horse. Have you guys been able to do anything unique this year with virtual options, been able to connect through any fundraisers or things like that? I know it's probably hard to Zoom with a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a little challenging for our program. Some therapeutic riding centers were able to do some educational programs virtually, and we have been looking into that. But I think it's important for our community to know how small we are. Uh, We have three full-time staff members, including myself, and that's really been all of us working this year. We work with a couple contracted instructors who do work seasonally, but really it's just, you know, a team of three and through the support of our board of directors and our community support, it's just us kind of keeping the program going and helping as many people as we can. So while we're looking into virtual options, it is a little tricky um, because we're very much in that phase of growing and developing, and our program has grown exponentially in recent years. We saw an 184% increase in ridership from 2017 to 2019. So people are coming out of the woodworks to come and ride, but with that comes, you know, needing to hire additional staff and grow our herd so we can meet the needs of more people. And that's that's kind of where Horse Sense is right now is there's demand and, and we're doing our best to meet that demand and trying to get to that next level, but it just takes a little bit of time. And we know that Horse Sense is in La Crosse County, but where exactly are you guys located if people are hearing this for the first time and are curious about your programs? We are on the top of 10 Mile Hill for local folks who are familiar with that in Coon Valley, actually. So it is still La Crosse County, but we are like right on that border of the county line. So just in Coon Valley, maybe about 15 minutes outside of La Crosse, over by Timmers, if people are familiar with that place too. 
And Samantha, remind us again, so the holiday donation match campaign's happening right now. What other ways or what ways in general can people find you guys if they want to donate or learn more about ways that they can help support Horse Sense? Yep. So our website would be a great place to start. That is horsesensewi.org. That will have all the information about the holiday donation match, a bail a day if people are interested in like helping feed our herd, horse sponsorship opportunities, information about our lessons, how to register to become a volunteer or to ride. All of that stuff will be on our website. And if you're on Facebook or Instagram too, we have active pages for those. Our handles are Horse Sense WI as well for those. So that'll give you tons of you know additional information too. And a little bit more background into, you know, the daily operations of the organization as we communicate with our supporters through those platforms. And donations can easily be made online too. Otherwise, you're welcome to mail in a check too um, if that works easier for you. I think those are all the questions that I have for you, Samantha. But is there anything else that you want to add? Anything else that you want people to know? I just want to say thank you to the community. We did another donation match earlier this year and we've done a couple different fundraisers throughout the year to really raise support to keep our program going. And I have been just so blown away by the generosity and kindness of our community and, and their willingness to support our program. We have seen a lot of new people come forward to donate. And I just want everyone to know that even if it's just $10, I mean, it makes a huge difference for a small operation like us. And the impacts of therapeutic riding are truly life-changing for people. And it makes a huge, huge impact. So we're really grateful we wouldn't be here without the support of our community. And if anyone is interested in getting involved or, or donating, again, with this holiday donation match, it's a, it's a great way to make twice the impact. So we encourage people to check that out. Once again, that's Samantha Hall. She's the executive director of Horse Sense, talking about some of the ways that we can help keep their program going in the future. I'll share all the links at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kate Riley. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Temperatures vary throughout the day, so make it a new family habit to take your temperature with the Exergen Temporal Scanner before dinner and in the morning. The number one thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. We don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. 
choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Hey, Rodo, you been down there to I-39 Supply yet? Is that that place Hubcap is telling me about with them trailers? Where's that at? You bet, Scooter. It's about five miles south of Portage in the middle of cornfield, just like me and your sister. Oh, man. I-39supply.com. Sure, she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we roll on a Tuesday morning. Boy, I'll tell you, it is dry outside. It's that time of the year when uh, you really start noticing the lack of moisture in the air. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. You know, uh, and now because we're washing our hands so much, I've got all kinds of sanitizing wipes that we're supposed to be using here in the studio and that. Man, my skin is just cracked. The air is is incredibly dry right now, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, there's this great big upper-level blocking high right over us, and that's why we've had this long dry spell, why it continues for several more days. But as it pushes a little bit further east now, we're going to see more of a southerly flow. South winds really starting to pump that mild and somewhat more moist air in, and that's going to allow for temperatures to rise, no doubt about that. And eventually, oh, toward the end of the week, mean a small chance of precipitation. Until then, very mild indeed. Well above normal today, way above normal tomorrow and Thursday. Not that we're going to get a lot of sunshine, with high pressure, you think it'd be bright, but the clouds hold on today. They start to break out tomorrow. Mid part of the week's going to be great. I'll have forecast details after this. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin Soybean Community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Compere Financial is grateful to the hardworking farmers and their families as you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world all year long. Thank you for all you do, and we wish you a safe and happy holiday season. Give your local Compere team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compere.com for lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast detail. All right, although it stays cloudy today, call it mostly cloudy, there will be some brightness I'd look for temps in the very upper 30s, probably around 40 at Madison and La Crosse. Southwest winds about 5 to 10. Still mostly cloudy overnight. Very upper 20s and low 30s. West winds 5 to 10. Partly sunny Wednesday. More sun breaking out through the day. Upper 40s. I think the city of La Crosse could see a 50. And the winds out of the west only about 5. Mostly sunny Thursday. A weak front passes mid or just into the upper 40s as winds become south about 5. And then by Friday, Pam, right now I see a forecast means a little rain in southeast Wisconsin and a little band of really light snow just on the north and west of it. Yeah, it sounds... Hope to see what it really is going to do. Sounds outstanding. I've got all my to-do outdoor tasks on a list ready to go for tomorrow. Sounds like it's going to be beautiful. The day to do it, you're on it. All right, man. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. See you then. 
Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with those weather details that we most indeed enjoy. Looking forward to those temperatures near 50 degrees tomorrow. Although, I'll tell you, we definitely do have a shortage of one type around here. It's not just the sunshine and the moisture. Or it's also lacking some of those snowmen that we might normally see at this time of the year. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane, or road construction makes everyone stop, except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford and Rihala is ready to help you, and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. 
No matter your traditions, the holiday season has always been about coming together. Don't focus on the preparations and the hustle or bustle. Enjoy your time with the family. And just like Christmas is a time to gather, so are funerals. Trust it to us at Gunderson Life Celebration Centers. We'll handle the details. You catch up with loved ones safely. Find us at GundersonFH.com. We're always there to help. Gunderson Funeral, serving Dane County for the past century. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. So let's rip one Band-Aid off. We'll uh, start with Friday night when the Wisconsin Badger basketball team went to uh, Milwaukee to take on Marquette at the Pfizer Forum. And Wisconsin loses in a .9 second tipped in miss free throw, sixty-seven to sixty-five. Um, I guess we'll start with the bad. Uh, I'm looking at the article you wrote here at MadCitySportsOne.com. You said the little things. If you don't do the little things right, you're going to have a bad time. Can you talk about what the little things were that the Badgers did wrong against Marquette? I'd say all of them. I mean, <laughs> all all the little things, right? They did they take care of the ball. No, no, they didn't do a very good job with that. They Marquette had 13 points off their turnovers. Did they uh, rebound? Mm-hmm. Did they keep them off the glass? No. No, didn't do that. Um, and uh, did they keep them off the foul line? No. Nope. They didn't, do, didn't that. do that. They didn't really even and, box out. They can't even box out. And when the, the littlest of the little things, boxing out on free throws that you gave up, didn't do that. So, yeah, it was all the little things that – they just didn't do well. I mean, they, and yet they still had a chance to win at the end, despite playing about as poorly as you can possibly play, shoot as poorly as you, not as poor as you possibly can from three, but pretty close. Um, and yet they still had a chance to win. I think that says that they are a still a very good team. It's just they don't their their margin for error isn't as big as perhaps more talented teams in this one. Well, but, what's Marquette? Is Marquette a good team, or is Marquette, or did Wisconsin play down to Marquette's level? Oh, I think it's clear that they played down Marquette's level. I think that's Marquette has a lot of talented individual pieces. Um, Lewis certainly being among the best. I mean, as a true freshman, came off the bench and had what sixteen points and yeah, he's good. eight or nine rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was the reason Marquette won, literally. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think they're they're a solid team. Wisconsin's a better team than they are. They just didn't play that way on Friday night. Yeah, so w- should we be concerned moving forward with the Wisconsin Badgers with this uh, performance that they put out there? I mean, it was their first road game. It's early on in the season. Is this something that we should be concerned about moving forward when it gets to the physicality of the Big Ten play? Well, I think Greg Gard is concerned about their ability to to not foul, which is kind of surprising because they really did a good job with that last year. But 
he uh, he actually pointed to it earlier prior to them playing any games, saying we think that's going to be an issue, and it turned up to be an issue. Turned out to be an issue, I should say. And um, when you have Michael Potter and, and Nate Reavers sitting for that much time in the first half after they you know started out pretty well, especially Micah, they're going to run into issues that they have. But I think that probably be the biggest the biggest one. Like they they are not a high turnover team that that really hasn't been them, especially with as much. You know, veteran players that they have rebounding, I yeah. think, is certainly an issue as well, despite as big as they can play. But uh, I would probably say that the fouls and the fouling, because, you know, it's it's discipline and it's also the ability to stay in front of guys. And, you know, that that is uh, certainly always been a concern, you would say, with this team. Yeah, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Now, I know Dimitri Trice had some turnovers, um, you know, wasn't really good because he hadn't really done much of that, you know, leading up to this game. But Demetri mm-hmm. Trice looked pretty damn good on offense. I mean, he's the reason why the, he kept the Badgers in, right? The go-ahead jumper with, um, gosh, like six seconds left to put him up. Demetri Trice looked pretty good, but how about the freshman? Uh, and can you speak on more of the play of the freshman and Johnny Davis? He was great, especially in the first half when they when he had to play a ton and, and they weren't getting scoring from a lot of the other places outside of Demetri. Um, you, you know, he, he <laughs> It just felt like he didn't get rattled, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in in these early games uh, against a Marquette team that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these guys are familiar players with each other because they play AEU a lot, and um, you know he just didn't seem overwhelmed. Whereas you know some freshmen might be. He just he played like he had been there for a few years, and they they, they needed that. Um, he has been him and Ben Carlson have been really. You know, steadied his first four games, but um, you know where Carlson was kind of out of it there on Friday night. Johnny Davis stepped up; it was huge. Yeah, big time. Zach Halpern joining us right now. Zach, um, you know, moving forward, I want to talk about the Louisville on Wednesday if that's still happening. What did you know? But uh, first, there was—I noticed there was some. It seemed to be off in the final couple of minutes with the, I don't know if it was the television broadcast with the clock with point nine seconds left. It seemed like the clock stopped. As you know, Demetri Trice took that foul, which hey, boneheaded play. But was there discrepancy with the clock, or was it just the television broadcast was off from the actual clock of the game? I think the broadcast was off. With, okay, because the there was conspiracy. I mean, Conspiracies coming there's, out. Yeah, there's, there's no way that there was .9 seconds left. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Talking commodities with John Heinberg, market advisor, total farm marketing by Stuart Peterson. He's our guest coming up in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the 8th day of December, on this day back in 1980, singer-songwriter John Lennon was gunned down in front of his New York City home by Mark David Chapman. That happened on this day back in 1980, and now you know. Well, we want you to know there is new leadership for the state's largest farm organization. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation reorganized their board on Monday and named Kevin Krentz, a dairy farmer from Berlin in Washera County, as their new president of both the Farm Bureau Federation and Rural Mutual Insurance. He was first elected to the Board of Directors in 2012, representing District 5, which includes Adams, Fond du Lac, Green Lake, Juneau, Marquette, Washera, and Winnebago counties. He is president of Krentz Family Dairy that he started uh, when he began his career in 1994. He purchased his dad's 60 cows, grew the farm to 600 cows, and 1,300 crop acres. 
Kevin and his wife, Holly, have one daughter and three sons. Now, the other Board of Directors members include Dave Daniels from Union Grove in Kenosha County, re-elected to serve as Vice President of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Arch Morton Jr. of Janesville in Rock County was re-elected to a three-year term on the board representing District 2. Joe Bragger, former president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, stays on the board. He was re-elected to a three-year term representing District 4. Rosie Lizway from Chilton in Calumet County, back for another three-year stint representing District 6. Some of the other election results include the naming of the Promotion and Education Committee chairs as well as the Young Farmer and Agriculturalist Chair. Len Leahy from Plover in Washera County will serve as chair of the Promotion and Education Committee. Emily Johnson of Orfordville in Rock County will be chair of the Young Farmer and Agriculturalist Committee. You can find more details on the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's board reorganization on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com. The process is beginning again to look for farms and homesteads that have been in your family for 100 or 150 years. Again, the Wisconsin State Fair will be recognizing our century and sesquicentennial farms, hopefully next year face-to-face the Wisconsin State Fair. Josh has an update with Jill Albanese from the Wisconsin State Fair on the program. For folks that listen to the Midwest Farm Report often, you've heard us highlight the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm and Home Award winners this year during a segment that we would like to call Century Farm Friday. So for the most part, we've highlighted many of the 2020 award winners, but it's time to find out who is going to be the 2021 Farm and Home Award winners. So this is where you come in. If you're out there listening and you think that you have a farm that has been in your family for at least 100 or 150 years, then you are eligible to apply for that award. You just have to meet a certain set of criteria, and that's why I'm bringing in Jill Albanese. She is the program coordinator at the Wisconsin State Fair, and she's one of the people behind the award. So, Jill, for folks that want to apply, when is the actual deadline? The deadline for submitting an application is Monday, March 1st. 2021. We've already got a few in, believe it or not. Oh, you do? Okay, because when did you actually start taking applications? Uh, We released the information in mid-September, and within one week, we had three already. That's great. So, I mean, like, when you you tell me that, that makes me feel like this is such a program that people get so excited about. Um, Last year, and almost every single year, we have over 120 100-year farms new each year, and last year, we had 35 150-year farms, and that's pretty consistent through the years. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity to showcase your family's uh, love for Wisconsin and the Wisconsin heritage of farming. Yeah, Jill, something that I noticed because, you know, we we teamed up and we brought uh, our listeners a lot of the story. Something that I noticed was they weren't exactly 100 years. They weren't exactly 150 years. Some people, it's just kind of when they get around to it. Do do you see that uh, you find a lot that fall in between the spectrum of 100, 150? Yeah, that's that's right. So as long as you're 100 and as long as you're 150, you could be anywhere in between those years and you can get the award. And it's not uncommon for some farmers to get the both the 100 and 150 in the same year because they never had gotten the 100 year before. Right. Like there were some farms that I spoke to that were, you know, 135 years old and they're more than 100, but they're not at the sesquicentennial level yet. Um, as far as the geography of where these farms are at, it's kind of an even spread around the state, isn't it? Yeah. Last year for the 100 year farms, we had 53 of the 72 counties 
for the 100-year farm, and we had 24 of the 72 counties last year for the 150. When you guys are looking through these applications, like walk me through what an application would look like. I don't actually think I've ever seen one, but how lengthy is it? What are the types of things you guys are looking for? Perfect. It's a simple one-page application, front side, back side. This year, there are one of them yellow and one is green. Uh, you fill out your county, your name, your address, uh, the section of your land, and the township. Then we ask that you go through either an abstract, a land patent, original deed, register deeds. You can go anywhere. Find out how it's passed from one generation to the next. And really, what's most important is we need the month, day, and year of each transfer. So when Grandpa bought the land, I need the month, day, and year. Then when he passed it down to, say, his son, I need that month, day, and year. And then it went to the next member, the month, day, and year. And then you sign it at the bottom. You flip it over. Tell us what newspaper you want us to send your information to, post, uh, event. And then we ask what kind of farming you're doing, if any. That's another good point. For anybody that wants to apply, they need to know that you don't really have to be an active farm. No, you don't have to be farming, but you do have to have the farm in your family for 100 years or 150 years continuously. That's very important. Is it fun to read through these applications? Because I'm sure it's like these giant family history albums. It is wonderful to read through them. And people have so much pride in their history of their family. And we love reading about it. And when you call, if you have questions on the application, we'll help you walk through it. Uh, if you want to do a surprise to someone in your family, we can do that for you too. So then you can get all the paperwork done and then we'll, we can surprise them with the event. I mean, there's just so much excitement about this program and it's our staff's favorite event because it's so worthwhile. Okay. And Jill, before I let you go, what is the deadline for the applications? Monday, March 1st, 2021. So go get your application now, fill it out. You can mail it in before then, and then we'll start our communications after that. That's Jill Albanese. She is the program coordinator at the Wisconsin State Fair, and she's one of the people behind the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm and Home Award program. So if you think that you have a farm that meets the criteria that Jill talked about, send in your application as soon as you can so you don't forget about it, and you can find out the full details on how to apply by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. Our coverage of the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm and Home Award is brought to you by Compere Financial and the All of Us Research Program. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Super program. I'm glad we had a chance to participate in recognizing those farm families in 2020, and we'll look forward to participating again and getting them that recognition come 2021. Thanks, Josh. Well, we're talking about the markets in just a moment with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Things are in the red ink overnight. Right now, December corn's down about half a cent at 419. March bean, or March corn rather, down about two at 422. Soybeans for January are down six, currently at 1152. March beans down a nickel at 1157. July new crop wheat, that's down four and a half at 577 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a half a cent to 140.5. 40-pound black cheese, that was up a penny at 159.5, while double-A butter gained 4.5 at 152.5 per pound. The fluid milk for December is down a penny overnight at 1538. January milk up a penny, 1616 a hundredweight. February milk closed 41 cents higher yesterday at 1683 a hundredweight. 
Coming up in just a moment, we're talking dairy and all commodities with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's that time of year for giving and taking. With so many people shopping online because of the pandemic, this holiday season, we are expected to have a record-breaking year for home deliveries and those pesky porch pirates. These adventurous thieves feast on crimes of opportunity, often finding their treasure in apartment complexes and vulnerable front porches. If you'd like to keep your deliveries, Madison Erie Crime Stoppers has a few package theft prevention tips. Have your packages held at your local carrier facility for pickup. Take advantage of ship to store for curbside pickup or check out Amazon's locker feature. You can request that your package have a signature confirmation upon delivery. Ask your carrier to place packages in an area out of place view have packages delivered to your work schedule delivery for times you will be home have packages delivered to a neighbor who is home or install a video doorbell since they are already on your property and porch some of these porch pirates will also check for unlocked doors so make sure that the exterior of your home and any vehicles are locked up every day and night if you have any information regarding porch pirates please contact madison area crime stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com individuals contacting crime stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Don't procrastinate when it comes to getting your snowblower ready for another Wisconsin winter. Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 78 Carolina Street, in the heart of Sauk City, where they service everything they sell and all the major brands of snowblowers like Toro, Husqvarna, Simplicity. Remember, they'll take care of everything for you. They're offering curbside service and also delivery within a 10-mile radius of the shop. Best thing to do? Talk or text with the staff now. 608-643-3321. McFarland's helping you shop locally. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is off and running. I'm talking about the markets down in Chicago, and I'll tell you what, although they may be in Chicago, they're paying attention to elements around the world. Joining us to spell out what's influencing our trade today, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Find him online, totalfarmmarketing.com, or pick up the phone and give them a call 800-334-9779 we'll give that to you again in just a moment well good morning john let's talk a little bit about uh, these markets i want to focus in on livestock to get us started because uh, those numbers really caught my attention whether it's beef or pork our livestock complex is really getting hit again what what's the news there yeah, it was a rough day yesterday. You know, basically triple digit losses, dollar plus across the board in both in all the livestock categories, or at least in the front months here. Well, starting with the pork, let's go to that one. We're seeing record production last week. We put out 613 million pounds of pork. Uh, that is eclipsed the record from last year for basically the exact same week, but that's the highest weekly production in history. Uh, so again, we're just got a lot of product coming into the pipeline right now. On top of that, we're really keeping an eye on the Chinese demand. That's going to still be 
be the wild card going into 2021. You know, they're trying to get their pork industry going again, and they're uh, getting things built up. In fact, there was a Reuters article out yesterday showing one of the new complexes that they're building. They look basically like college campuses, multi-story buildings. This one was going to house 84,000 sows, going to produce about 2 million pigs plus a year. You know, so again, just a sign of what's going to be possibly coming, competing with us down the road. So that's got the market cautious in that regard, plus just technical weakness in the chart. It makes it a little scary right now in the hog market here. Cattle kind of following suit. We had a really good move in the retail prices here before Thanksgiving. And all of a sudden, those prices just rolled over. And we saw carcasses on the choice side or wholesale cuts drop about 4 bucks yesterday, as well as select carcasses down around 8 on the close yesterday. That's going to weigh on prices in general. And with that, we just couldn't get a bid from the Packers to get over this 110 window and on the cash trade. And uh, now we're seeing the charts kind of turn south here. So cautious going into the end of the year. We'll have to keep an eye on, too, with cattle. The equity market's got another down day brewing today. So those things could kind of weigh here, bringing some volatility into the end of the year. Hmm. Interesting. That uh, that pork situation, considering how quickly China can change things, you know, sometimes those stories take a little while to unfold. That was the driving factor helping our pork industry was their need for our pork. But boy, it sounds like they are really countering in quick fashion. You know, they still got a shortage and there's still a lot of commentary coming out of China looking for product and food in general. Uh, you know, we've seen them step. That's why they're stepping in the market so aggressively for any of the agriculture commodities, whether from the United States. Uh, you know, even last week they had a purchase of rice from India for the first time in 30 years. You know, that just shows you there's something going on in the food side and that's why they're active in these markets. But, yeah, that pork issue is going to be something to keep an eye on because we expanded our production here to meet this potential demand that coming and when that demand starts waning we got to see if we're going to pull back on our production here and we could have a pretty good backlog of hogs maybe in the back end of 2021 so we'll, you know we're looking at record production this year be curious to see what next year could look like now we need that demand to stay there or the industry is going to see some real issues come price next fall yeah you know, uh, speaking of the international market, it's not something we've talked about a great deal, but uh, Jeff Lyon, uh, general manager of Farm First uh, Dairy Cooperative, headquartered in Madison, made comment that uh, without dairy exports being as robust as they've been, we'd be in worse shape as far as our dairy prices are concerned. Is that uh, something you're seeing in weekly auctions, in world markets, John? You know, we've seen some step up here, especially since prices have rolled back here after a very difficult November in terms of those cheese prices. Now we're seeing that that interest fire back up again. You know, the Chinese are, are buyers when they see value and they like to bring those things in. And again, when the market came back down, they are extremely active in terms of the market on the international side, as well as other importers overall. You know, we saw that back in March when the market crashed and the dairy markets that was, you know, after the COVID situation exploded here in the United States, we saw just a massive explosion of imports, uh, you know, head out of the country, basically, or exports out of the country. Uh, and, you know, that was some of the reason we saw the prices of cheese go where they did over the summer is the fact that we were meeting a changing demand here at the same time meeting those export shipments that were purchased. So that, you know, as prices stay down, the activity picks up. And that is one of the things that has helped stabilize uh, some of the prices that we've seen, especially in that dairy market here in the last week or so. One area where prices have not necessarily stayed down was our soybean complex, John. Everybody more than a little surprised at how robust that market stayed right through the harvest. Are we uh, moving out 
are beans that have been promised elsewhere? Or what's the latest as far as that world market? Right now, that market continues to stay strong. We're in a bit of a pause, I would say, at this time frame. We do maybe have a little bit more of a correction based off that South American weather. you know. But we saw weekly export shipments yesterday, about 2.3 million tons. That's around 85 million bushels. You know, That's still a big uh, shipping week at this time frame. You know, We're typically starting to wind down our shipments now and then maybe move to more of the corn side of the market. But at, this, but at least we're seeing that product move. Now, China's getting about 7 70% of everything that's gone out the door, which is encouraging to the market. That's why we saw the rebound in price yesterday afternoon it was just a pure fact that, you know, if they're taking shipment on it, that means they're not going to cancel those orders down the road. And that's something that always weighs over the market. Right now, we're going to continue to be very volatile, I would say, in that soybean market. Uh, still think we got another leg possibly coming. The talk yesterday was that the Chinese are now stepping in and buying small purchases for 2021 beans earlier than they did this year, obviously, with the 20 beans. So that was maybe some of the reason, again, we saw that strength in the fall contracts yesterday. So we'll have to really watch this here. The weather from South America is one issue. The trade side is the other issue. Market's probably just going to stay volatile. And realistically, with the supply picture where it is, you know, I still think there's upside in this market down the road. <laughs> when do we get the next big report that could move the market? Well, we do have a USDA report on the 10th or Thursday this week. Typically, a December report's pretty quiet, but we are expecting to see that bean carryout come down about another 20 million bushels or so. So that might get the market to fire up a little bit here. The big one we're going to really focus on will be that January report. That'll be the final crop production report, as well as, you know, they'll really take a look at the demand side of the equation. You know, right now for both corn and beans, I, I'm going to go on the record and say basically the, the export side of the table that they have is probably still understated given the the rate of sales that we've seen, as well as that weakening U.S. dollar, is going to be a 21 story to watch. Don't be shocked if we see those demand totals go higher and continue to cut into that supply picture and be supportive of both those grains. I think 21 setting up to be a pretty good year uh, overall, at least from that demand side of the equation. And then we got to sit back and see what happens with planning and weather, obviously, down the road. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's John Heinberg joining us live this morning. He is a market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Remember that website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and the toll-free number that you can dial up if you want to talk directly with John, 800-334-9779. You got to have the right tools in place if you want to capitalize on everything that John's looking forward to in 2021. Again, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Uh, TotalFarmMarketing.com can get you there. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. This is the Midwest.